0: Well, it is the Morning Flavor Personal Mastery with Dr. Tepi Denji, psychologist, life coach, personal change catalyst. Follow her on Twitter at teamattend. We welcome her. Good morning, doc.
1: Good morning, family. How are you guys?
0: Well, um, to be good is not necessarily accurate. At this point, we're finding patches of happiness, but it's very hard, doctor. I mean, I was on social media yesterday and uh, it, it was a tough week, no doubt. But what I saw yesterday was was quite incredible where people were... Talking about um, their friends and people they know being in abusive relationships, they were name-dropping. It really, in my view, got ugly. Not because of, you know, the fact that people were being outed, but the stories that came out and just how others were saying we knew and we did nothing. And I think today's conversation is is to the point about how to confront someone you know, a loved one, who is abusing their partner. Uh, I work with Owen, honey. He's abusing his partner, I know. He's a guy of mine. He's my Oza, but he's abusing his wife or his girlfriend. Now, what is my role there? What do I do?
1: Your role when you're confronting Owen is to break the silence. You are saying that I know, and not only do I know, I want you to know that I also know. And you are also putting yourself in a place where you're going to label the behavior. Notice I said the behavior and not the person. You're actually going to be able to say when you speak to a woman like this, that's verbal abuse. When you speak to her and you do this about her money and you're doing this about her Twitter account and you're following her and you're doing this and that, that is constituting abuse. You are also indicating how it is harmful to that woman, to that person that he's doing this to. You are also indicating the fact that if these are the things that he's doing, these are the consequences because now you are taking a stand that if this is what I see you are doing, this is how it makes me feel about you, but this is also how I see you, this is what it means about the type of person that you are and this will be the consequences and you would need to be able to follow it up with action on your own in terms of if this does not change, this is what I am going to do, this is what the limits, the boundaries of our relationship are going to be and I'm not willing to continue sustaining this relationship going forward. But notice that most of that conversation is about how you feel about what Owen is doing and how you evaluate what Owen is doing and what you intend to do. That does not necessarily mean that when you are confronting Owen, it puts the burden on him to do something. It is important to confront somebody because for a lot of people breaking that silence is actually triggering. It might activate, it might expose, it might challenge the person to reconsider the situation and look at themselves differently, but it is not the end that doesn 't mean that you are committing to working the path mm. to have Owen commit to changing his behavior mm.
2: Doctor Sometimes the personality of the person of the perpetrator makes it difficult for those around him or loved ones to say anything. You find perpetrators that are during the day are upstanding fantastic personality mm. they are the guy that is the gel in the group. Um, nice to women, treats women well, but but then when he gets home, he perhaps turns into this monster that is a wife beater. How do we deal with people like that who we generally really love them and we love their company and we know they can be great um, but then they've got this other side to them.
1: Look, uh, people are very complex beings. You need to be comfortable with the fact that people who are abusers are much more complex. They are not just abusers. They've got multiple roles. And they can butt them, they can take care of them, and yet turn around and smack the mum against the wall. So if you are okay with that ambiguity and you actually recognize you're the person that I, I recognize that you are also loving, you are successful, you are abusive when you do one, two, three, four, five. And you you need to, to understand that the good that you're doing do not in any way minimize or justify or explain and therefore make us accommodate and be comfortable with the abusive part and say it's just a small part that is not enough Mm -hmm. right now we are only talking about about the part where you are abusive that's what i'm speaking about and it's unacceptable and the fact that you are a churchgoer and you're loving and caring does not uh, therefore Mm -hmm. justify and therefore make us comfortable with what you're doing
0: Doc, you spoke about breaking the silence but we also have to mention the fear factor that comes into this all because as a person that's trying to break the silence there is that fear inside you that uh, could keep you more quiet because yes. you're too scared to actually address anybody in the situation Absolutely. so how do you overcome that fear your own personal fear to speak out about somebody else's abuse?
1: Well, it's recognizing that you are complicit or when when you keep quiet when Mo is talking to Paul in a horrible way, you are also contributing to Paul's abuse mm-hmm. because in you keeping quiet, you are saying you agree, you are complicit in it. And I think a lot of us say, I, I didn't see, it didn't happen in my presence. Well, I just saw him reacting. I didn't think that it was anything by it. Why should I think that way? We, we tend to minimize or to normalize it because we think it's not as bad as what somebody else has done. We're trying to compare and say in a scale of 1 to 10, I think that's a 3 and therefore it's not as bad. But the other part is that, remember I said when you are going to confront somebody, you are exposing your own positionality. Mm -hmm. You are exposing the fact that you are taking a stand, how you feel about this person, and the fact that you are willing to lose the relationship. Because if you're not willing to lose the relationship or to walk away from that person, there's no consequences. That person will not feel the impact of what you're doing. And they will not feel the impact of what they are doing. So you need to be able to get to a stage where you are willing to lose this friendship. You are willing to be uncomfortable with the fact that he might attack you. He might be able to Mm -hmm. say, But who are you, Owen, to speak? Because you Mm. do this one, two, three, four, five. You are exposing yourself. But once again, confrontation is not enough. It does not mean it's an intervention that is focused on remediation. And when it is a loved one, you need to go beyond confronting. You have to be able to say, as your friend, as your boy, Owen, I'm willing to walk this path and have you correct it. You Mm. need to go for anger management. You need to go for counseling. Let's go and do this together. Because the remediation becomes important, especially for somebody whose abusive behavior is entrenched. Mm. And you will find that the person wants to go and tell you the way that I was brought up. My mother did mm. this. My father did this. They tell you a whole lot of things that are supporting. or well, this woman is disrespectful for me. They are not doing this. They're cheating on me. And they try and explain why they are triggered. And all of those things is just them defending themselves. Mm. It is important, but that doesn't mean it justifies the behavior. You want to focus on the impact that they have on the victim, mm. and that that is unacceptable. And you need to correct it
0: personal mastery on monday morning with dr tepi Tenji. personal change catalyst and of course psychologist but key is how we find solutions and you know when you have to confront someone you know could even be your own father Hmm. huh your brother your Hmm. your uncle and you got to tell them that this is wrong and you got to think about the consequences of that and you got to put it aside and and do what you feel is in the best interest of the person that they are victimizing. 089-110-3377. We'd love to take your calls right now. And you can catch that entire conversation on our podcast at metrefem.co.za. You can find that entire hangout that we had with DJ producer Somebody. All right, we're taking calls. 089-110-3377. How do you confront a loved one who is abusing their partner? It is a dreadful situation. But is there something you can do? So far, the answer is yes. We'll go to Anonymous, uh, Doctor. Anonymous, good morning.
3: Good morning, how are you?
0: Very well. Is your radio off? All right, now it's off. Yes. Go, go ahead.
3: My radio's off,
0: hmm. yeah.
3: No, um, for me, it's one of the most painful situations because I've got a younger sister who got married two years ago. And um, we were all against the marriage because the fiancé was physically abusing her, beating her up mm. and this is a man that is like 30 years her senior and um, a week before the wedding she got him arrested for physical abuse and uh, we thought she was going to cancel the wedding but guess what the wedding continues and they got married as if nothing ever happened and mm. subsequently to us confronting the issues of saying this guy is physically abusing you Um, he's much older than you Mm. and we want you to come out of this marriage. Guess Mm. what? For the past two years since her wedding, she's blocked the entire family. None of us can contact her. The guy has made her change her cell phone numbers. They both changed cell phone numbers. Mm. The guy has subsequently made her quit her job. So we used to go her at work. Mm. So when we went to work, we discovered that she's no longer working. She's no longer employed. And, um... One of my elder sisters was telling me two weeks ago, in fact, a week ago, saying that she bumped into her and she tried beating her. And every time she sees family members, she pretends like she doesn't know us. Mm. So literally, give us a dirty look and walk away. And the guy she's married to, one, he's uh, he works for government. Two, he's well-known where they stay in the area that he's an abuser, he eats people up, mm. and no one is saying anything about it. Three, half of his Friends did not even come to the wedding. They were telling us, the family, to say, "Why are you allowing this wedding to go on? This mm. guy, one, mm. is very abusive, and you can't allow this to happen." Fourthly, the guy, besides working for government, is a mafia, as I'm told. So he does three, streetwise things because he's been telling my sister's friends. These are messages I'm getting now from the friends that the friends have been told stay away from the from. From my younger sister, because this guy can literally beat sure, sure. you up and kill sure. you guys and throw you in a river somewhere. Yeah, so anonymous. In that we we we. What yeah, do we, do? yeah what? we get we
0: get the essence of what you're saying, and it's a pertinent question. Yeah. And we appreciate the picture that you've painted mm. as well. And uh, I'm sorry about the pain of just watching a loved one, uh, yeah. you know, being in the presence of of someone like that, doctor. What do you say to someone like anonymous?
1: I would love for your family and you, particularly anonymous, to go and read on the website member of oh, being exposed. you can go and open the case. You can literally go and say, we want this to be investigated as that parties who are caring about our our family member, Mm -hmm. as well as the children that that family member has. You can also go and report to the social worker so that you can find a way to intervene on behalf of that person, because very often that person, your sister, might not be feeling that they have the resources or the support or the power to go and speak out about it. Mm -hmm. You can go and find information about it, and I encourage people to go to the website. I'm looking right now at the SAPS uh, website, and it says that when you are a third party, you can go and open a protection order or at least go and report the case for the police to go investigate. I get it that we've got limits in how our, our, our justice systems investigate crime but the point is you need to be able to take that stand and then get the social workers involved as well.
0: Let's go to Ntlantla in Boxburg. Ntlanta, good morning. Hi Mo, how are you? I am very well, ntlantla Go ahead, doctor is listening.
4: Oh, hi doc, how are you?
1: Very well, thanks.
4: Um, Okay, Uh, so these are um, sort of our after effects of witnessing all of the domestic violence done to my mom, who's now passed away. Well, not because of the domestic violence, but of course, the after effects uh, took a toll on her health as well. So growing up in that kind of household, I bore scars that I didn't know I bore until something triggered it. And just last year, uh, we confronted my dad who was the perpetrator. And uh, he's now a priest and a staunch member of a um, church, right? But um, I wasn't looking so much for him confessing because I've I've seen him done, do things to my mother hmm. that have hurt me and my brother, who's 10 years older than me. But all I was looking for was uh, the acknowledging of what it has done to us and uh, moving forward. Uh, the the apology. So sometimes even the the apology that you do not get, it it's cut all ties with my dad. Yeah. And even though I'm not, um, I don't have any animosity when we meet at these family gatherings or anything, but there is no relationship there. I've mm. tried to forge it. It's not working because I'm not getting the validation of the scars that have been done unto what us. Uh, uh, my brother and myself
2: and doctor you know this caller brings out about a very important thing where in our families we've got this culture of keeping things under the carpet everything needs to be hush hush no one says anything and uh, you know children grow up and they are scarred by the behaviours of the people or the adults around them How do we get past this? I mean, it's years on, but you can just tell that emotionally there's still that longing
1: for that apology. There's the longing for reconciliation. Um, I was, uh, there were two voices speaking. I was hearing Pearl and I was hearing Nonchandler speaking. So I've missed half of what you were saying, Pearl. I'm sorry about that. But nonchantra, you've made a mistake when you thought that the abuse was happening to your mom and it wasn't happening to you. The fact is, it's very different to when you're a sad party, and that's what we've been talking about. So what I suggest you do, you go for counseling and actually understand that you suffered the abuse just by mm-hmm. being in that environment. And understand that when you are confronting somebody as a victim of abuse, you might not necessarily get the kind of response that you are hoping for. The acknowledgement, the apology, or even an acknowledgement of harm to you. And if you do not get it, a therapy helps you to deal with that because of that healing that needs to happen for you. It has to be, in, even if you don't get that person to admit uh, what they have done, they may not be showing remorse, they might even not be able to, to commit to reparations for you, but the healing must still happen for you without that person. But when you are a third party watching another person abusing somebody else, when you are confronting them, it's actually not about you. It's not about you finding that closure. It's not about you Feeling vindicated. It's not about you feeling self-righteous. It's about you taking a stand and saying you need to go for help, and you are actually responsible for your action. And that's you saying your power in how you it in abusing somebody else. It is harmful. It is actually not real power because you are not able to control your own issues. You are just trying to exert them on another person without taking responsibility for the harmful effects it has.
0: Oh, doc, just the pain in 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 the two callers' voices. Yes. You know, it just leaves me. Absolutely uh, shook and and indeed emotional. And I feel like we need to have this conversation again. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you feel, Doc, but I feel like perhaps uh, there's more to this conversation than than, than meets uh, the eye. So uh, we'll leave it here for now, but certainly we need to make time for this conversation in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Dr. Tepiso uh, Matenji, at Team Atent on social media, psychologist, life coach, and personal change catalyst. We appreciate those stories. We know it's difficult, um, but we we are also trying to play our part in helping you speak out and pay, and perhaps maybe start a journey of healing as well.
2: Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. we'll continue this conversation again. There's absolutely no question about that. Uh, we are done. It is a 9 o'clock. We'll get into the news next, and then we have the bridge on standby. Now, before we go, this is what happened earlier on the Morning Flavor Sports Quiz. The question is, whose name came out first? one yep. dealer's name came out after the after question the was asked yes. and that is the rule so tomorrow what it means is we have a rematch we uh do yeah we have do a i agree with that i agree with that totally so dealer right. will have the chance to win eight, or maybe Medissa will re- remain the uh, champion but it was unfortunate that yeah we heard it incorrectly at first time round. all right well that will be all for tomorrow so do not miss out on that